Hey everybody, this is Malia Horde with the Malia Realty Group, and I am here at the Bourbon Table with Brady Barlow from West Six Brewery here in Lexington, Kentucky, and super excited to share his story with everybody and talk about their great brewery and how it's impacted not only Lexington, but all of Kentucky. So welcome, Brady. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you thinking of us. Oh, well, everywhere we go, we always see a West Six can somewhere or your truck or your, you know, your taps somewhere at an event, whether it's down at Thursday Night Live or at Mary Queen's Fall Festival where I go. So you have become a real staple in our community and we're just excited to talk about your story. You guys have a great story, the four of you. So tell everybody how you, Ben, Joe, and Robin all got together and started this thought of creating a brewery. So we did not know each other previously. Wow. We all kind of uh, crafted the idea separately. And, you know, whenever we started off with the kind of the research phase, it's been the better part of 10 years ago now. Um, there wasn't a lot of craft beer in Lexington or in Kentucky, for that matter. We felt like that there was a definite need. Uh, my wife is from Fort Collins, Colorado. I've been going out there for the, the there are tons of craft breweries. Uh, I would p- come home and kind of complain and say, we don't have this, this scene uh, in Lexington. And, and my wife basically said, well, why don't you go do something about it? And so I started doing a little bit of research. During that time, I just through friends and friends of friends, I met Ben, and um, he and I started talking about the possibilities. And then along came Joe through through another friend of ours that introduced us. You know, it took us about probably a year. We toured Colorado. We toured um, a lot of the breweries in Kentucky and just kind of learning best practices, how brewery operates and then the kind of the most important person came along fourth and that's robin he's the head brewer we all at that point we had kind of beat it to death from the research standpoint and uh we all basically said okay well now then we just have to start start making this happen so we started looking for real estate um we wanted to be close to downtown i live in downtown ben lives ironically even though we didn't know each other at the time we lived within about an eighth of a mile of each other, but in different neighborhoods. Joe is originally from Pittsburgh, but he had been working out at Amazon, was one of the people who opened distribution centers for Amazon, and he was kind of ready to move on from that. But he lived in Lexington. Robin's from Lexington. I'm originally from Somerset. But we all came from very different backgrounds. I've always been in sales. Ben was kind of a finance marketing person. Joe was very much into logistics, and Robin was the you know had the brewing experience. So we started looking for, for uh, locations. We looked at a ton of different places. Everything was, we were, oftentimes we were looking to be a, a tenant, but this bread factory down on 6th Street had been sitting empty for years and a, and a realtor came to us and said, well, this is an old manufacturing facility. It's got the tile floors and the tile walls and, and it's perfect for manufacturing and it's own industrial, which is perfect, but it was just 10 times bigger than we needed. Uh, but we went and looked at it, and it was at a time whenever that particular area had been looking at that empty building forever. There wasn't any other retail you know, in the general vicinity. 
definitely uh, were some times whenever crime took place back there because trouble finds places that are abandoned. And basically this building had been abandoned for several years. It had been rainbow bread for a hundred years and then it had been document storage and then it had just sat empty. So we went in, even though we didn't need that much space, we made them an offer company saw a bunch of, you know, four suckers and they, and they said, we'll take it. So at that point we, we had our building. Uh, we, you know, we, it's a 90,000 square foot building. We just, we thought we needed about 10,000 square feet of it. So we just basically said, we'll deal with this, this square footage. And then the rest of it, we'll just figure out as we go, we'll take care of the building and figure it out. So we opened the brewery, um, in April, 2012. We're a distribution brewery primarily. We distribute around 95% of what we produce through distributors in, only in Kentucky and Southern Ohio. Uh, we have a tap room there that, you know, I had capacity for a couple hundred folks. We've got a beer garden. We have a private event space there called the Barrel Room. So we opened that in April 2012, just in time for the final four when UK won. So we just celebrated our eighth anniversary and we started. It was an easy decision for us to decide what beer to start with because at the time there were no IPAs being produced in Kentucky locally and there was no one, no one was canning beer. So we decided to can an IPA right out of the gate and it was the right decision uh, because the market was ready for it. It's a good IPA and it's now the number one song craft beer in Kentucky and everything, you know, the stars aligned really well for us. And then we've just gotten so much local support. You know, whenever we first opened up, we didn't even announce that we were opening. People found out all of us were bartending. Uh, you know, me, Ben, Joe, and Robin, you know, and our significant others, we were the bartenders. I bartended for the first year and a half, you know, opened up and then it just took off from there. So you have four different personalities. You have four people that have come together through connections with other people. And as a business owner that's been in partnerships, partnerships are hard, right? Especially when you have four different personalities. And you guys have seemed to all gel really well. You come with different expertise. So when you decided to take this big 90,000 square foot space and just start with the tap room, whose idea was it just to do the IPA first? We actually, so we brewed, or Robin, I, I didn't brew anything, so I don't brew. Uh, Robin brewed a number of IPAs. Okay. And then we voted democratically on it to which, which one we wanted to, to sell. We had all come to the conclusion IPA was the way to go. Right. Robin brewed several IPAs. And, of course, we all unanimously voted and picked this one. Ironically, it was the most expensive one to make. Of course. <laughs> That's the way it always worked, right? It is. It's got uh, a hop in it called Citra, which when we first opened, you could not get it except for about $32 a pound. So we probably didn't really actually make any money on our IPA for the first year and a half or two years, but we wanted to put the best beer out there that we could. You know, to answer your question, it was, it was, we've all, you know, we all have different personalities. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. We all, you know, everyone ebbs and flows in business. The key thing is, is we treat each other like business partners rather than like, you know, high school buddies, which is, so it, we don't get a lot of emotion involved with our decisions. I think that's the key thing is that when we have a mission statement that says we want to make great beer, we want to be, be a great place to work, and we want to give back to the community. When we make a decision, 
it's based on those three things. And it's if it doesn't fit that those, that mission statement, chances are it's probably not the right decision. So, um, so that's that's kind of our defining principle. And I love I love your mission statement. Everywhere we go and we look you up, we always see we want to make beer that we love, and we want to impact our community. And you guys have really impacted the community. You have so many great charities or community events that you do between. The Six for the Cause, your running club, your biking club. You've got, tell us about the wooden nickel and you do yoga. Tell, tell us about the ones that you're passionate about and how they all came to light. Yeah, so it's, we've just come up with creative ways to give back and to also, uh, in the case of the running club and the yoga club, <clears throat> to be a gathering place for the community because we're blessed with space down there. So, you know, in the case of the running club, actually one of our patrons came to us and said, you should do a running club. We all said, how about, we, do you want to run it? And they said, sure. You know, same with the yoga club. Somebody came and said, would y'all be interested in having a yoga club here once a week, free uh, yoga? And it's always, it's kind of like my, one of my favorite quotes is meetings are cheap. Never turn down a meeting if you can do it because it's cheap. It's the same way with activities. As long as they're legal and they're respectful, we didn't really have a lot to, to lose, you know? So it's give it a whirl. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we would say, well, at least we tried. So in the, in, that's in the case of those. And then the case of the community giving back, and that was one of the things that even though we started when we opened, we did not have uh, very deep pockets. We had our first six for a cause right out of the gate where we gave back 6%. And I think it was one of our first charities that we dealt with was the Great Dane Rescue. And I'll never forget it. It was hotter than fire. I think it was May. All the Great Danes are out there. I've got wet towels draped on them. I've taken them water. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, but yeah. we genuinely want, to, we don't, we don't do things for the community because we necessarily want to sell more beer we do it because we want to do it and that's the difference is is we don't you know we do things because we genuinely want to have a positive impact and it's not just lip service to try to just to try to you know push more beer out the door so you know last year we gave back over one hundred sixty thousand dollars to local organizations you know through and the wooden nickel is like a perfect example you know we have an organization every month we have these boxes sitting on the on the bar and if you get a taster flight you get a wooden nickel and you can do one of two things. You can drop it in the box and then West six gives a dollar to that organization, or you can take it and buy a hat or a t-shirt and get a dollar off. Well, most people drop it in the box. Just a creative way. You know, we do a lot of sponsorships. You know, we do our pay it forward cocoa Porter program where the 50 cents of every six pack of cocoa Porter that you buy at any store, you know, in Kentucky 50 cents of that goes back to a local organization and then our distributors match it another 50 cents. So it ends up being about four bucks a case goes back to organizations that we partner with each six months. And and that's, I really believe when you do good, good follows you and what you guys are doing around the community is so authentic. It's, it's who you are. It's you're, you're not forcing it. And because you're not, and because you have those open doors, we flock to you. I mean, You've created a great tap room. You talked about the beer garden, your bread box with the collaboration of all those businesses. Tell us, tell us about how that got started. Cause that's really cool as well. Yeah. So we had all this extra space 
and we kind of we we kind of decided to take the old offices and turn those into artist studios. And then we had other businesses that just kind of approached us. Broke Spoke, which is a community bike shop, they outgrown their space. They needed a space. The Roller Girls of Central Kentucky practice in the back, and there's not a lot of places you can go that has like that flat, perfect concrete for the activity. So one by one, people started coming to us and saying, you know, you have space. And we're like, well, we have space. It's rough. You'll have to build it out, but the price is right. And, you know, and, and we also were very cautious because we wanted to develop the right atmosphere. So we have a variety of businesses. They were like-minded businesses that were a community based. You know, we have, again, the artist studios where there's uh, several artists in there. We have Magic Beans Coffee, which is the same group of people that do Cup of Commonwealth. They ground their coffee there. Bluegrass Distilling is in there. Smithtown Seafood, which is one of Weta's many restaurants around town. The Plantry, which is upstairs, is shared office space, which is nonprofits and other organizations. We rent to the Plantry, and then they sublease, to, and they have a bunch of desks up there. And then Food Chain, which is the fish and, and, and aquaponics and community kitchen and so many things. They're a nonprofit that basically shows you, you know, alternative uses for a big building where you have fish and microgreens growing in a closed loop system. And they have a, a, a kitchen where that they do cooking classes for people who otherwise, you know, maybe they don't know how to cook or maybe wouldn't be able to, you know, provide food for themselves. They, they offer tons of those. They offer community meals. So it's just a really good mix of folks and a lot of different things going on. And it's very vibrant. And it almost makes it a little eclectic. And I don't know if that's the right word because that whole area that you're in, and for those that have never been there, shame on you, but make a point to come down and see it. But you're right there where Jefferson dead ends into 6th Street and you have that whole corner um, of that 9,000 square feet. And it just has that rustic feel, that old time Southern feel. And you walk in and it's, airy and it's bright and people are either relaxed at the bar or they're relaxed at a cocktail table or you have the picnic tables in one area and then you can walk right into Smithtown and order food. Yeah, it's fun and you're in an old historic neighborhood. You know, Sixth Street is some of the oldest houses, most beautiful houses in Lexington. But then you're in an industrial building and it's always one of those things where I sit there and say, how many places anywhere could you buy a bread factory that is located in the center of a neighborhood. It, it's and, and we love the north side. The north side have been, you know, it's been great neighbors. They were very happy to have us because it, it definitely breathed a lot of life into that building and into that, you know, and that general kind of dead end there. So, and, and put, I think, a very positive energy in there. So. so you have this great location on Jefferson Street, and now you have the farm. Tell us about the farm because it's beautiful out there. So the, our second location we opened was the Green Room, which was on Main Street, uh, and it's across from the new Marriott. And it's just basically, uh, you know, it's a it's, we do a lot of private events there, and we get a lot of traffic, you know, a lot of people from out of town that are staying in the hotels. And then we, the third location was the farm, 130-acre farm in Frankfurt. It's got a tap room, um, and it's got a small brewery, same as the Green Room has a very small brewing system, and the farm. Uh, we're growing hops out there, an acre of hops. We've got cider apple trees. We've got blackberries, strawberries, a couple of token cows. We have four miles of mountain bike trails out there. 
Uh, we had a neat tap room that used to be an old uh, work shed that was converted into a tap room, and then it has a, a giant uh, outdoor space, little seat, oh, 50 or 60 people, I think, pretty handily. And it overlooks a really nice pond. We have an area for if people wanted to do weddings. We have a wedding space out there. And then we have a farm manager, Birch Bragg, who takes care of the place. He lives on the farm. It's just nice because you can, you know, for all of us who live in you know, midway between Lexington and Louisville, which are our two biggest markets for West Six, and it's four miles from Bur- Buffalo Trace, so it's right off the Bourbon Trail. But it's nice because you can just go out there and kind of, you know, recharge, watch a beautiful sunset, you know, and just kind of hang out in the fresh air. It's just a totally different experience from, from our other two tap rooms. So, uh, and it's been very popular. And we have a lot of people who go from Lexington and Louisville. We have a ton of people that are, you know, the people from Frankfurt that are there very often. You know, they love it because it's, you know, it's a, it's such a destination for the, for the folks out there. That's right. So you have places within Lexington at the Jefferson Street. I just want to make sure everybody's realizing all the opportunities that you offer them. So down on uh, at the West Six main location and then the green room as well as the farm, you have opportunities for people to come in and do private events. We do a ton of private events, yeah. Host meetings, of course, when um, the opportunity opens up for everybody. And it's a wide range of people. I mean, it's from We've had we've had a wedding at the brewery. We've had lots of rehearsal dinners. We have birthday parties. We have corporate retreats. You know, a lot of people like to farm for a corporate retreat because I can go out there and get fresh air and hang out out there. Uh, we have on our uh, west6.com website, you can go on there to our event spaces and put in a, a request. And we have one person who basically manages all three of those locations. Okay, great. That, uh, on the event side. Now, tell us about Nulu down in on Market Street in Louisville. So it's going to be about 9,000 square feet with a giant event space. It's indoor, outdoor, it's a courtyard. So you enter from an alley off of Market Street and you go in and it's kind of this oasis where that you have this courtyard. You're in the center of, you know, of downtown Louisville, basically, but it's this peaceful space. It's got a small brewery there as well. So we'll be making beers that you can only get in Louisville. We're going to be doing some barrel aging there. Big event space for... You know, over 100 people, 150 people. You know, so a lot of a lot of events uh, will be able to take place. There. There'll be restaurants in the same facility there with us. We don't do food at any of our places ourselves. We always have, you know, we have WIDA at the main place. We have Sunrise at, at the green room. We have food trucks at the farm. And then there'll be restaurants in the facility up in, up in Louisville. And we're really excited because Louisville has been so good to us, same as Lexington. You know, our hometown is Lexington, but Louisville is really taking us under their wing as well. And we, you know, we sell a lot of beer in Louisville. So it was very important for us to go have a, a, you know, bricks and mortar location to kind of solidify that fact that we are indeed, we always wanted to be the brewery of Kentucky, you know? And and so that just was, we'd been looking for a place in Louisville for three years and this came along. Timing was seemed, uh, seemed perfect. The location seemed perfect. It's in an old 120 year old carriage house. It'll be a really special place, I believe. Well, you guys have sold a lot of beer. I think in your first seven years, you have served, what, 71? You have made 71,000 barrels of beer. You have 400 different styles. For those out there 
West Six has served over 800 communities, ranging anywhere from Pikeville to Paducah. And you have given over, what, $700,000 back to the communities. Yeah, we'll be, this year we'll be approaching, um, and I keep, it'll be approaching a million dollars this year. It would have been for sure, but with, uh, it slowed down a little bit in our course during this time, but, but at the same time, we'll be approaching a million dollars this year given back. That's amazing. So most businesses in the first five years are the most crucial. They either do or die. Out of all the things that you guys have done, I have a couple questions for you that people have asked me to find out. One, what is your favorite beer that you make? Your personal favorite. I really like the Penny Ryle Pale Ale. It's, it drinks a little bit like an IPA. It's actually one of our, it, it's, a, it's a beer that won a bronze medal at the World Beer Cup a couple of years ago. It was voted the third best pale ale in the world. And this was a legitimate competition. This wasn't one of those things where you, you know, send them the beer and send them some money and they give you a medal. It, <laughs> it was, it was the Brewers Association puts it on, which is the main association in the country for beer. So I really like it. It's, it's hoppy, but it's also very approachable. It's a little bit lower alcohol than our regular IPA, so you can maybe have a um, you know more than one or two. So that's where my favorite beer that we make, and I rotate, I ratchet around to different things. I drink, I mean, one beer I drink quite a bit of is called Half Bite. It's a low alcohol, it's three and a half percent session IPA. I like it because if you're giving a tour, you want to have a beer or two. It's it's a you know it's a it's a good one to you know from a low alcohol perspective. Okay, so tell me, tell me this out of all the accolades, because you guys have a laundry list of awards that you have won. What out of all the things that you guys have done with West Six, what are you most proud about? So before I worked at West Six, I worked for my house, and I wasn't what I would call I was involved in the community, but not super involved. But what I always kind of what makes me tick is the community piece, and and we all handle a lot of the community interactions. But, uh, you know, I handle a lot of the sponsorships and, and a lot of the nonprofit stuff. And we all do that. It's not, you know, we all wear a lot of different hats at Web6. I think that our community impact is the, is the number one for me. I mean, if you, if you take away all the, the awards or the recognition that we've received, if you took all that away and just left the community piece, I would still be happy just because the nonprofits of the world, you try to come up with a way you know, they're doing so much good, but they're constantly have to be raising money. So it makes it really tough because you're wanting to do this good all the time, but you either have to raise money or you, or you run out of money. So I, I really think that that's uh, the thing that I'm most proud of, that we are not a huge company. But I think not only have we had a very good impact, I think that giving is contagious. And I think... Uh, not just us, but a lot of other, it's become contagious in Lexington and all over Kentucky that a lot of businesses are doing similar things. And I think that everybody wins in that, in that scenario. People often ask me what I think success is. And, you know, growing up, you think success is, oh, you make a lot of money, you have a lot of businesses, you have a lot of employees. And I define success now as the ability to give back the ability to write a check to somebody and not have to stop and think, can I afford this? 
And when I think of West Six and my definition of success, I think you guys are right up there because every, every chance you can find the opportunity to give back, you guys have done it. We rarely say no. I mean, we to nonprofits, and we don't do a lot of, um, I mean, we, we're very much focused on like the nonprofit side of things for sure. We do other things with organizations that are not nonprofits, but most of our, you know, through sponsorships and things. But a lot of our straight giving, you know, most of it is just to, you know, to organizations that really need it. Obviously, you have a business that really depends on people, your farm, the green room, West Six Brewery, people in and out. You constantly have a crowd. Your The bread room depends on people coming in and out for the business. We have this COVID-19 that's happened, and it's impacted everybody in different ways. Tell us, like, how's it impacting you guys, and what have you done to adapt? Because you're still moving, and you're still giving, and you're still in the community Share share what you're doing, and then tell us how we can help. So one of our big things, and uh, w- one of the pieces in our mission statement, is about being a good place to work. And even though there were four of us that started the place, we're up to 54 now. And then that grows even bigger in the summer whenever we do special events. So I always say, it's not like I have, it's not like Brady Barlow has all the Eurekas uh, or the new ideas, most of those new ideas are coming about from all these great people that work for us or work with us. One of the big things whenever COVID came along is that we wanted to make sure because so much of our brewery is not only defined by our beer and our giving, but it's defined by the culture of our folks that have been with us for so long. So one of the first things that goes through your mind whenever you're a business owner is we can't let this destroy our culture. You know, we have managed to uh, keep our employees on on staff, you know, from our uh, full-time bartenders. We're still paying them and we're keeping them on staff. All of our production folks, because during this time, we're still producing beer and selling it through the different uh, stores and liquor stores and so forth. But one of our big things has been, you know, we have... For instance, we have bartenders who have been with us for six, seven, eight years since the beginning. Even though we do not have any tap rooms obviously open right now, all those people are still our West Six employees. Are you using this time at all to like maybe repurpose them and get them involved in social media or get them involved in some community? We have repurposed folks from a standpoint of, you know, we, we are doing curbside at the brewery. And that's staffed, you know, primarily by our full-time bartenders. So we do that Thursday through Sunday. And then we're doing delivery on Tuesdays. And that's uh, staffed by full-time bartenders and other folks. And then the production folks are still, we're still, you know, one of the big challenges that we've had, obviously, that, that, you know, whenever you look at all the restaurants and everything, they have been affected by this. You know, we're still producing beer to can. But so many of our partners that have been so good to us, like the restaurants and the bars that are, you know, that have not been able to to open up during this, you know, that's obviously a, a ton of our business. And we're just trying to, during times like this, anything that you can do to, you know, to help local restaurants, whether it be curbside, you know, whether, you know, whether you, it's, you know, you're driving up and getting dinner for your family. 
everything you can do to help the local restaurants really it's huge right now because everybody's just trying to get through it you know and and, and, and kind of stay alive is the key thing. So tell me this. We, we're hearing a lot of, hey, buy gift cards or buy takeout. In your opinion, which is better for the restaurants when during this time? Is it better to buy the gift card or is it better to do the curbside? I think that, the, you know, they both have their place. I mean, the nice thing about the gift card is it's just, it's just, it's just money. That they're gonna, you know, that they they will redeem whenever they reopen. So, I'm, gift cards are obviously fantastic. The one thing that curbside does for those restaurants that are choosing to do curbside is it also keeps people. In addition, you know, the gift cards keeps people employed, but also the curbside, you know, helps give those people things to do. I mean, it's definitely one of those things for the. In my understanding, you know, since I'm not truly in the restaurant business, I can't really speak perfectly to it. But on a per ticket item, a lot of times curbside is not obviously going to be uh, as much profit as if you go into the restaurant and you sit down and you have a couple of beers and everything. But it is helping keep people employed and keep the restaurants alive so that and so that we all can look at this. You know, I know that some of the parameters came out yesterday for when everything is going to start reopening in the state. It looks like, you know, a lot of the restaurant activity as far as reopening is going to be towards the end of May or 1st of June. That's what it looks like. If I was ranking, we, we have sold gift cards at West 6 too, and we, we have those available. But gift cards are basically like a, a temporary cash infusion. They will have, you know, they'll honor those whenever we get through all this, but it gives, you know, operating capital in the short term. What can we do as a community to support you guys during this time? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is I try not to, whenever I look at this, I look at it as a holistic thing of our community. And this is, you know, all the businesses. I think that I want, I want people to certainly come and do curbside and do delivery of West 6. But we have very much a foodie culture and a beer culture in Lexington. So I think one of the big things is is that you try to support as many people as you can. I mean, if you want to come to West Six every Thursday through Sunday and do curbside, that's great. But I would also love, you know, just you know, all the breweries to get supported and all the restaurants to get supported because it's such a piece of our culture in Lexington that the more that we can keep the the restaurants and the breweries and the bars and everybody as many as we can keep going through this you know hopefully you come out the other side and there's not there doesn't have to be as much rebuilding what you don't want to have happen it's a scary thing you know i've lived in downtown since 2003 whenever we moved into, into downtown there were not a ton of restaurants there were a few but you know the the the, the downtown has flourished so much it's not just downtown i mean it's the, you know it's the, more the suburban areas too but everything has flourished so much you just don't want to go so far back that you have all of this rebuilding to do. So if we're able to kind of spread the the love around to all the breweries and restaurants and keep everybody, you know, as as healthy as is possible financially through this, I think we all win when we come out the other side. And we are. We are all in this together. I am just amazed when I talk to friends and business associates and even other agents nationwide and worldwide. And I listen to what's going on in their community. I, 
I think, wow, I am so blessed to live in Lexington at this point because our community was always very unique and strong in my eyes. If you're involved in the community, the community embraces you. And I just see our entire community pulling together, embracing. I see people calm. I see them giving. I see them kind and just trying to bend over backwards to keep everybody whole. Yeah, and that's a key thing because it truly is a symbiotic relationship between, you know, all the all the bars and restaurants and I mean I use downtown as an example just because I you know, I live here and you know, I work here. But when people let's say that live in southern Fayette County come into downtown, they come down here because there's selection. And there's more than you know, there's several places to choose from, there's several bars. And that is the you know the thing about downtown that has grown so much, you know, since I've been here, is that used to people would go and they would work in a big blue building or something and then they would get in their car and they would drive back out of here. Now people come and stay and they have they go have a drink beforehand and then they have dinner and you know and go to a show at the opera house and you know, so I, that's why I think it's very important, you know, to spread it around as as much as possible. And you're so you're right about that. I mean, I've noticed in the last five years just the downtown how it's flourished. Obviously, I've you know helped develop part of it, and I've watched the areas around where West Six is, and just seen the rejuvenation of life and residential buildings and the homes being renovated, and just a surge of people leaving the suburbs and coming to live downtown. Um, A lot of people are asking me around the country if that's going to continue after this COVID because some of the other areas in the United States are talking about how people are going to want to move to the suburbs so that they have grass and yards to play in because they've been cooped up. But I, I see our downtown really revitalized with Thursday Night Live and where you guys are in the distillery district. Um, you see it over on Midland where their you know, community ventures is building the metro and you see National Avenue. So, And I see your industry really being the, the pulse of all of that as well that you're making your own little roadmap between West Six and then taking it over to Mirror Twin and then taking it down to the distillery district and tying in the bars downtown. It's it's amazing. It's a good place to be. It is. Lexington, I mean, I've been here since 93. I was gone for about a year and a half after college. You know, I've been here, I'm 46, and I've been in Lexington, you know, been in Kentucky 44 and a half of those years. You know, I love Kentucky and I love Lexington. And, and during times like this, I do feel very fortunate to be in Lexington because it is that community feel and that community coming together that makes all the difference. I mean, it, it, it makes all the difference whenever you're, you know, we're all sitting here healthy at home and, uh, which is, the right, you know, certainly the the correct and right thing to do, but you still have, you know, kind of a network that in Lexington that I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of places have that, but it just feels different here in Lexington and and in, in Kentucky in general. So, and you know, what's really happened for us, you know, with the distribution, 
and it's not just with us, but with, you know, I think with, with the restaurants too, people really recognize that a lot of places need that support right now. And people really stepped up. And I'm not talking about specifically just with us, but with, you know, we went to a restaurant down on Short Street the other night for, for curbside, and there was a line all the way around the block. And curbside is one of those things that is not easy for the restaurant, and it's not particularly easy for the consumer because, you know, especially during these times, but people have said, okay, we're going to, we're going to support folks as much as we can and, and get through this. So I think that is, you know, just a uh, good on, on Lexington and on Kentucky for doing that. So what happens next for you guys? You have your Louisville, you have the farm, you have the green room. What's next? You know, we're always open to ideas. Um, Nulu is going to be the thing that we focus on just because since it's not open yet, that's our, we're usually good for, we usually don't do simultaneous projects. You know, we do have, uh, we did announce uh, a, a UK campus location over ne- near where uh, Winslow and Limestone come together. And there's a parking garage going in there and a retail space with a bunch of local restaurants. So we've got that project that has, you know, it's been slowed down a little bit by the, by the COVID-19. But, you know, we had announced that just before this all happened. So we've got that. We're, you know, we're just going to keep working in the community, staying focused on what's important to us. We all enjoy what we're doing. We've got a great team. And, you know, I always say there was a big trend of breweries selling out. And people always said, oh, you're all, you're, you're going to sell out. And we're, you know, it's like, that's not what, you know, we all enjoy what we're doing too much. And we're too much of a family. And we have, you know, the people that come in our tap room are like family. So, you know, I'm, I'm to a point in my life where that I like doing what I like to do. Uh, and I really enjoy what we're doing now. So I think we'll just keep looking for opportunities to grow in Kentucky. Our goal is to just continue to distribute only in Kentucky. So that's, that's the plan. So Malia Realty Group is going to get some gift cards from you guys and purchase those. And then we're going to raffle those off on our Facebook page. We'll promote you out over the next week on Facebook and through our local social media and our videos. For those of you that want to learn more about West 6, be sure to go to their website at West 6. 6 is spelled out, S-I-X-T-H dot com. And uh, Brady, tell us what's the best phone number for them to do Online gift cards or curbside call-ins. What's the best method for them to do that? West6.com is definitely the best way. That's where we take you to all of our um, online stores. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a great following. We're very active on social media. So those those places are between the website and our Facebook page are the best two ways to to stay in contact with us. And as soon as we're out of this COVID, everybody's got to get down to that beer garden, come and have some food down at Smithtown and sit at the bar and have a a beer and get a flight and start adding to the wood and nickel program. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you. Always look me up. I'm before this, I'm, I'm down there. I always tell people I eat at Smithtown uh, eight days a week because I work down there every day and we all eat down there every day, but you know, (laughs) look us up. And we do tours, you know, whenever we're, whenever this all blows over, you know, we do tours on Saturdays and Sundays, and I think even on Fridays now. So those will start back up whenever the time is right and whenever it's allowed. 
And so we got a lot of ways for you to come down and get involved. Well, that sounds great. We so appreciate your time and sharing your story with all of us and learning more about what you've done throughout the community. And everybody stay tuned because Brady and his crew, they're always popping up somewhere at some event. So you're bound to see them. And be sure to look for that IPA in the can. And your big cans are coming out too, right? Yeah, 19.2. They're going into stores as we speak, hopefully. That's that's exciting. We're super excited about that as well. So there you have it, guys. Brady Barlow with Wessex Brewery, great place downtown Lexington. And stay tuned for our next podcast with the Malia Realty Group. And just ask Malia. And it's always our pleasure to connect you to our community and have those great conversations that bring us together. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you bet. Well, that wraps up another great podcast. Thank you so much for joining us at the Just Ask Malia's podcast series. It's always a pleasure to help the local and future residents of Kentucky make smart real estate decisions. And we love connecting you to our community. And that's why we do this. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast series. Make sure your friends and family know all about it. Tag, like us, find us on Facebook, social media. And remember, when you're ready to buy, sell, build, or invest, I'm your girl, Just Ask Malia.